Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Hello, hello. Hello. I have an important question for you. Okay, what's the question? Have you ever killed anything with your bare hands? (sighs) I don't think so. I try to avoid killing anything with anything. I know. Oh, I've killed plants with my bare hands. <laughs> I've definitely done that. But not like a bear. Mm, let me think about that. I don't recall killing a bear with my bare no. hands. No. No. What if I was possessed by an alien bear? Would that change anything? About whether I had killed a bear or not? <laughs> I don't know, I guess. <laughs> no. No. That would make me want to less kill the bear because it would be inside you. Or I would be inside it? Well, I don't know. Whatever the process for the alien bear is. This whole discussion is a little misleading because there was no alien bear in the movie Honeymoon from 2014. But there were definitely aliens. And there was a lot of talk about killing things with your bare hands. Yeah. Which, okay... I got to thinking about that. So they talked about that. I didn't even take notes on this because I was like, I'm not going to talk about that. That's so, that's so like a deep tracks vegetarian. But (laughs) okay. It was interesting just to think about human beings and how casually we talk about some killing. Like she was like, have you ever killed anything with your bare hands? And he's like, well, some rats or whatever. Well, I think that was before she mentioned bare hands because... She was like, traps don't count. Right. You know, he had killed rats, and she's like, yeah, you know, I've killed fish and killed little baby frogs that, to use as bait for the fish. And, like, little baby frogs, like, you know, like, you're killing babies. Oh, wow. It's not. <laughs> this conversation not, is taking a turn. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to shame anybody about it. I'm just trying to spark a thought about this larger idea that humans will compartmentalize things like that. Like, oh yeah. Think about the fact that they were just cheerfully chatting away about killing baby animals. Yeah. But it's okay because they're frogs. Right. I mean, we definitely have this like mental hierarchy of of life. You know, what yeah. what is important, what we should feel bad about killing, what we shouldn't. And, you know, everybody has that line in a different place. But yeah, there's definitely a difference between your neighbor's cat and some yeah. and some baby frogs that you found in a pond. Or a bare hand bear slaying. Or, or a bare hand bear slaying. Okay, so this movie, the they we're talking about, is this couple. I assume her full name is like Beatrice or Beatrix or something like that because she goes by B. Yeah, I think someone said Beatrice at one point. But her, her childhood friend calls her Trixie. Yep. 
So um, anyway, B and her husband, Paul. And the only other characters in the movie are Will and Annie. Yes. And the aliens. Oh, yeah. There's aliens. Spoilers. Spoilers. So B and Paul have just gotten married. You know, we start out with these like wedding videos where they're talking about how they met and they're you know, important info. Yes. How he asked her to marry him and this and that. And I felt like that part was clumsy. Like it didn't feel real at the beginning. Cause I was like, wait, are they even, are they making these videos in two separate places? Like, yeah, is, so weird. are they separated now in some way? That's, I don't know. Like it was weird, but then it turns out they were in the same place. They were just talking about each other. Like they weren't. Yeah. And it felt clunky at the beginning. And then later, you obviously, you get to the point where the information they shared in that video is relevant to us knowing which of them is losing their mind. Mm-hmm. But then it just made it feel clunky in a different way. And then it was just like some really <laughs> heavy-handed prep work for what was <laughs> yeah. going to happen later. Yeah, I think that's fair. Over the course of this movie, like the whole thing, there's a quote. I think it's from the last five minutes of the movie. And yet it sums up the rest of the movie so well that I'm going to read to you a quote from this film. Okay. Paul says, tell me what's going on. And B says, I don't want to. (laughs) And that is sort of the movie talking to us right there. That it, it is definitely one of those movies where there's not a lot of anything happening outside. Like it is not connected to the real world in any way. It's some weird stuff. It's there's this this little pocket of story that is happening separate from the rest of time and space. <laughs> yeah, and they are they're isolated out in the middle of nowhere and it's just them in fact they point out that if you scream no one would hear you and mm-hmm. r- right at the beginning of the movie i'm like oh that seems relevant yes there was a lot of of foreshadowing that felt like foreshadowing in a way maybe not quite as clumsy as old which <laughs> was like was just so much but it was bordering on that like everything that happened i'd be like oh well that's going to come up again later don't worry kids you'll understand when you're older (laughs) because it didn't yeah it didn't quite have that emphasis on it like like they didn't think we would get it (laughs) but there were just so many things that ended up in my notes where i was like oh foreshadowing okay they met will and b comments on the fact that he's still wearing that hat he wore when he was a kid and he jokes about how they will have to take it off his cold dead head and i was like (laughs) well buddy guess what (laughs) yep and they well they didn't actually but it seemed clear that it had come from off his cold dead head right right when we saw it again one of one of the other pieces which i don't know if it's foreshadowing or just some more of that like clumsy pre-work for later but they have this like call and response thing between them where uh, he calls her honeybee and she goes and puts her fingers on his lips. Yes. And it's important that we note that in the IMDb trivia, someone felt the need to point out that that's not the noise a bee makes. That sounds more like a, I think he specifically named the species something yellow jacket of wasp. Course, of course. Um, so obviously flawed movie. 
Right. A real human being would know what a bee sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. She was probably an alien from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But like that that is a thing like that can be done in a in a cutesy kind of a way, but it was done instead in a like they did it once and I was like, "Oh, cute." And then they did it again and I was like, "Uh-huh. I noticed it the first time. Thank you." And then they did it again and I was like, "For real? Yeah. Like this is a bit much." They were super lovey-dovey with each other, which makes sense. They're just married, and they're on their honeymoon. But underneath that, there was this tension between them for the entire movie. After seeing the movie and seeing how the plot went, I feel like it wasn't intentional. Like, they were supposed to be all happy with each other at the, for the first part, but they there was something lurking underneath it the whole time. Here's the thing. I think that was the writers trying to build in more foreshadowing than was strictly necessary or, yeah. or emphasizing it more than was strictly necessary. The thing that I wrote down about that, because I definitely had that same feeling, my note was every single moment of this movie and this relationship is waiting to decide if it's innocent or awful. Mm -hmm. Like everything that happened, there were two ways it could go. And one would just be like, ha ha, we're being funny with each other. And the other was, that was the exact foreshadowing for this horrific thing that happens (laughs) later. Yeah. And I think like foreshadowing is great and is, is often helps build the tension. But if it's all foreshadowing... I don't know. Like there was almost, there was too much tension too early on. And then we were just like in this heightened state through this whole movie. Well, that is my big positive to this movie is I feel like this is the most unsettling movie we've seen this season. Mm. And it had me on edge the whole time. And especially towards the end when things did get weird, it was like, Mm -hmm. it was upsetting, but I think maybe that worked, you know, to have their relationship like, you know, is there something going on here? Are they hiding the fact that they've had some big fight and they're just sweeping it under the rug? What mm-hmm. What is behind all this? What it did for me is most of the way through the movie, I was like, okay, I think she's possessed yeah. by an alien. Like, I, I thought I knew what was going on. Yeah. But there was always this piece of me that was like, what if she's not... Well, what if she's fine? Yeah. And Paul is losing his mind. And they gave us some of that with Will and Annie when mm-hmm. we first meet them. Will is, he's going nuts. He's just smashing things in the restaurant. Right. He's so angry and upset. And, and we don't know why. We never yeah. find out why, really. And Annie looks sick. Yeah. And weak. And like, she's probably in an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what Paul assumes. Like he doesn't know Will from before. He all he sees is this like 5 minute interaction where his wife looks really sick and he's breaking things and Paul is like she's in danger. Like that yeah. dude is not a, a safe person. And so when when it's clear that something has happened to be and Will is the only other guy around I mean, I think it was justifiable for him to be mm-hmm. like, that guy gave off super weird vibes. You're clearly not well. Something happened to you. I think that guy did it. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, when she's really messed up and he's like, he's tying her up and demanding she say the right things to prove who she is who she is. Uh-huh. And there's definitely a point where I got to like, uh-oh, She's fine, uh-huh. and he's insane, and we've been uh, unreliable narrated uh-huh. through this whole thing. 
That could have been really interesting. Yes. So I guess the way it actually worked out, we were just as fooled or maybe even more fooled by the alien in B trying to pretend to be B as he was, right? Like, because it was really convincing when he's tying her up and she's like, but I, I am your wife. In fact, I wrote down this exchange. She says, I am your wife. And he says, how do I know? And she says, how do you not know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's Paul, what are you doing? <laughs> but we have those very clunky wedding videos. Yeah. So he asks her about some of the things they talked about, and she clearly doesn't have the right information. And then I was like, all right. So, yeah. okay, he's the one who's correct here. Well, and it's it's just weird how she's forgetting things like she's not just an alien she's b mm-hmm. who's like being slowly dissolved by the aliens mm-hmm. and that's an interesting take on this idea you know instead of just being taken over and now you're an alien it was like they were slowly taking her over and she talked about towards the end when she would finally reveal something she was like you know i'm not allowed to say certain mm-hmm. things i can't you know, tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. And for her to, there was that moment of like, where she was aware enough to be able to say what she was feeling inside. And like, they're taking me away from you and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Also, there was enough of the alien in her that she was forgetting really important pieces of information. And I say that because I think, I don't know. Okay. I'm still really torn. I want to say that I think she the human part of her that was left really thought she was going to save him by hiding him (laughs) underwater. Yeah. But that perhaps the alien part of her had already infiltrated enough that she had like, like he kept saying, but I can't breathe. Like, no, (laughs) this won't work for me. Like maybe the aliens can breathe underwater and maybe she like couldn't remember that that wasn't how humans worked because that part of her human brain wasn't working anymore. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. That is leading me to another part of this clunkiness you're talking about Mm -hmm. that I noted was the exact similarity between what B was going through and Annie. Mm -hmm. Like they were like note for note doing Mm -hmm. the exact same things. And, you know, we only find that out much later on when he meets up with it, when Paul meets up with Annie and it's like, you know, what's going on with you? And she's doing all the exact same things. And even, you know, if you look back on it in retrospect, she described hiding mm-hmm. her husband and she was clearly dumping him out in the lake or right. she was he, just back from it. I he think. pulled his, uh, Paul pulled Will's hat out of the lake at that yeah. point because will was hiding yeah and blood on the side of his hat she had hit him on the side of his head same exact way yeah. he did which annoyed me but then maybe that disproves the thing i just said and maybe instead of it being like the humans are trying to save their husbands from these aliens um this is just the pattern that the aliens follow yeah. they're like we need to get rid of the husbands this is how we do it yeah. you know we say these things like this is the thing that we say to fool the other humans into thinking whatever <laughs> they think like 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it bothered me a lot that they were exactly the same. Yes, yes. Because it suggests that their relationship was exactly the same, and their personalities were exactly yeah. the same, and all of that. And they clearly were not. No, they were not. I don't know. I did like a lot of the little hints that came out as we learned that B was not okay. Like first she's sleepwalking and, you know, then she's like making breakfast, but she doesn't (laughs) put the egg on the bread to make French toast. And she doesn't put the coffee grounds in the water. Like there are, there are very simple things that, that she clearly doesn't know how to do anymore or that, you know, the being taking over her brain didn't pick up on that step of it or whatever. I liked that. I liked the way she kept forgetting words. Like she would like, I'm I'm going to go take a sleep. And he's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to go take a nap. Like it would catch up, but like it was clearly somebody having to learn a lot of information very quickly about a person that they had not been before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What did you think of the like, ha ha funny, you know, offhand joke that Paul made at the beginning about resting her womb, which then like kind of set her off in a spiral of like, I'm not sure I'm ready for kids and blah, blah, blah. And then of course we have all this other stuff about (laughs) the alien snake thing. The gold. uh, Yeah, it was very, very gold that, that was living in her insides. How did that work for you in terms of like foreshadowing and just being part of their relationship? Yeah. I mean, it it fit right in with the weird undercurrents that had been Mm -hmm. going on the whole time. It's like, rest your womb. That was strange and off-putting, but that was kind of that guy. (laughs) So A little bit. I don't know. Although it did sort of make me, it was one of those moments where I was like, Oh, well, is maybe maybe he's possessed too and he's yeah. forgetting his words? Like that's not how a person would say that. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, it gave us an opportunity to see like how they handle conflict in their relationship, which I thought was interesting. Like like they're on their honeymoon, he says something dumb that he didn't really mean to say and she takes it too personally and and then they like kind of worked through that in in what looked like a healthy way, you know, he gave her some space and then he went and apologized and she was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm taking this too seriously." Whatever. Like they they both kind of got yeah. over it, which was probably the point where we were supposed to see like what a great relationship <laughs> they had, but it also was just like weird. Yeah, everything they did weird. was weird. Always had that edge to it. Yeah. And I almost thought it could be like bad acting, but like these are fancy actors from like Game of Thrones and stuff. Like they they know what they're doing, so mm-hmm. so it's not that, it's something about what they're they were supposed to be unsettlingly weird (laughs) yeah i i felt like the acting was was good was solid i particularly liked her you know and how she managed that slide from normal to completely taken over by the alien inside her um you know i thought that was really well done I think it was a writing thing. I think that the the balance of the storytelling was just tilted a little too heavily toward we have to give them hints. Yeah. Yeah. Because because literally all I needed 
<laughs> the the thing that made me think aliens and then that was it. Yeah. All I needed was that weird flashing light in their bedroom window that first night that they were yep. in the cabin. I mean, and as I was soon like, as, oh, well, clearly. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, okay, so it's aliens then. Yeah. Like, there was nothing else. No. Except then later when the light started coming through all the different windows and her husband was, like, chasing through the house trying to see what was going on, I'm like, oh, maybe we're being misled and this is actually, like, uh, Will peeping in on them and like that's creepy and like they've been making it seem like aliens which also could have been interesting. I mean that is what he thought for sure. Yeah. I was not fooled because at that point there was enough like I'm sorry when someone wakes up from sleepwalking in the middle of the woods <laughs> and then there's like weird marks on their in, well, yeah. inner thighs like no well, that's you've why, definitely been probed. That's why I was hoping it was like you know very misleading like oh those really were just mosquito bites and she you know like something terrible had been done. Yeah no but, no. no. Um, yeah so none of that n- there was no misleading that was going to get me away from aliens yeah except for the possibility that he was imagining the aliens yeah that none of those lights ever really happened <laughs> and that he just had this like delusion or hallucination that she was being yeah infected by aliens but that's still aliens just with an unreliable narrator yeah yeah i guess so in a lot of horror movies there's this idea. They decide that things are evil and they say, we've got to get out of here. And what happens all the time is one of them says, okay, I just got to go do one thing. And when I come back, we're leaving. Yes. They did that. And also he went off and did his one thing in the afternoon. And it was late at night when he got back. It's like, you're not getting out of anywhere. You've just been hanging out for hours and hours. Yeah, where did, was that when he went to see, he was trying to go see Will and Annie? I where did he think go? so. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, I, I mean, there's nowhere else to go. So yeah, and I don't know why it took him so long. Or why he even needed to do that. Like there was this weird, like, I need to get revenge on whatever this guy did to my wife moment yeah when really prioritize getting the hell out of there you can come back and beat the guy up later if you want to (laughs) right like with your bare hands yes yeah it it's that movie logic of like which i mean to be honest is probably a little bit realistic in the sense that when we're under stress we don't always think logically (laughs) but yeah it's it's that that thing where they have they leave the one last opportunity for the car keys to go missing yeah and also separate like Mm -hmm. when i come back we're gonna leave so not only are we not leaving now but also we're gonna split up and yes (laughs) definitely make sure we get murdered by a guy with a machete that reminds me of toward the end he's got her tied down to the bed and he's like pulled this alien snake thing out of her mm-hmm. and he wants to like what go wash his hands or something and he just leaves it on the bed I next know. to her and i'm like dude that thing's just gonna go right back in there <laughs> yeah it didn't but that is what i figured what happened and also what wait he, do we know it didn't yeah it was on the bed later by itself seemingly so deadish wasn't the thing yeah that's the thing is like Okay, I guess that wasn't necessary. That was like, maybe that's what 
put the monster in her brain, but then once it's in her brain, it's in there. Yeah. I don't know. So how about at the very end when, you know, she's hidden Paul away safely (laughs) under the lake. Yeah. And safe hiding spot. She and Annie meet up and they are both much further along. Like that (laughs) happened very quickly. Like Paul is out of the picture and now suddenly she is clearly taken over. Like her skin looks all cobwebby and stuff. Yeah. They both look like this. They go to the aliens. There's a lot of screaming, darkness, bright lights. That's it. And then that's it. Was that enough? Did you need more? Was that more than you needed? Like, how, what do you, how do you feel about the end of this? I mean, it was kind of unsatisfying in that it was just, I don't know why I like horror movies, because this is the classic horror thing of just like, yep, that happened. Everybody's dead. It's all over. And, you know, it's going to happen to someone else sometime. Right. As far as we nothing's know, better. these aliens are still here on planet Earth. They're going to yeah. get the next person who comes along, etc. That's et just that. So, I mean, it's that. And I don't know what else they wanted to do there. I mean, it might have been fun to have like a bunch of tentacles pop out of their heads and they go. Rah, 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 rah. That would have been fun. (laughs) Yeah, see? But it was not necessary. It was just, you know. But I guess they couldn't end it just on, I'm dumping you in the lake, here you go, and that's it. Although they could have, because her face, when she leaned over and looked into the water to make sure he was safe, I guess, she was already cobwebby a bit. She was, like, not looking healthy anymore. So that could have ended on her face. I don't know. Yeah, it felt like... I don't know. It felt, it made it feel so much cheesier, I think, that they tried to then show the aliens. Yeah. I'm like, just let, just leave them in my imagination. Like, I know yeah. what happens next. I knew, <laughs> like, my brain had already filled in that that was what was, was yeah. going to happen next. Or they could have ended, you know, with Annie showing up at her door and they're like, yes, let us leave together. And they both walk away, mm-hmm. you know, silently. Because mm-hmm. that, that works too. It seemed like there was nobody else around, but it might have been interesting if there were like three or four other people who all showed up and they're all walking away together. Oh, we see B like knocking on someone else's door, asking for a cup of sugar or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. See, that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I felt like that last bit was, was unnecessary. It made it feel like an old X-Files episode. <laughs> yeah. And I say that with love because I was a fan of the X-Files, but also, you know, after 20 years, the X-Files look pretty cheesy. Yeah. Ratings. As I mentioned, this was the most unsettling movie, I think, that mm-hmm. we've seen in this season and probably last season, too, if we're calling 2022 separate. But, you know, as we discussed, that kind of weird tension in their relationship, not all of that unsettlingness was earned like there shouldn't have been weirdness Mm -hmm. there it should have been happy and then things went weird Mm -hmm. but also you know you mentioned the whole snake in the bed scene like i'm like watching through my fingers like i don't want to see any of that yeah that was upsetting so that was well done in that sense like this was truly a horrific film Uh But was it great? I mean, obviously, we mentioned a lot of things that we found problematic and weird about it. And especially the over-foreshadowing, the Mm -hmm. clunkiness of all of those little clues everywhere. 
So I'm going to rate this movie three fat frogs out of five. I thought, you know, it's not bad because of that creepiness factor, but pretty clunky. Yeah, I think I am going to also give it three fat frogs out of five. It feels, when I think about it, you know how we were talking about it being outside of time and space, right? And like that there's no, like so many horror movies do where it just ends. And if you continue the trajectory of where it ends, like all life on this planet is destroyed (laughs) relatively quickly, (laughs) kind of in a uh, the thing kind of way, right? But it's also pretty easy to just be like, oh, well, that was that. And and I'm not going to follow the trajectory of it. This movie is not something I'm going to continue to think about and worry about how the planet yeah. will survive, right? It feels like a short story. Yeah, like Like I it was so. written as a short story and then turned into a movie. And I think that worked. Um, and I don't mean that in a degrading sort of way. I love short stories. It, it just has that feel of like, we're not trying to explain how it connects to all the other yeah, things. This just is just its own thing. This little story. Yeah. It's a little snippet off on its own. And for that it it really worked, except for that clunky foreshadowing, which I almost feel bad taking points off for it because I wouldn't know like I think I would do the same thing. Like I don't know how to <laughs> how to identify what is enough and what's not enough, especially when you are creating something for such a wide range of people, yeah. right? But this definitely felt like too much. And um, yeah, so three out of five. And it's funny that it had all that clunky stuff, but also for most of the movie, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like you got both of those things happening at the same time. Yes, yes. And, and that builds tension, like we it talked did. about earlier, it like did. it definitely like makes you continue paying attention and like trying to figure out what's happening and feeling unsettled, like you keep saying. I just, I don't know. There needs to be some something that was missing, and I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah. Probably just practice. I feel like this this person knows how to write something scary. And they just need to practice fine-tuning well maybe they'll contact us and tell us to check out yeah, their their second movie, movie. Yeah. yeah find the horror of a world gone mad so i don't feel like there's like a really obvious connection i mean there are some that could be kind of a stretch but that i don't feel like quite sets the right tone for those particular issues given what happened in this movie. So um, I'm not going to tie this to a particular political issue. Instead, this week, I would like to use this time to encourage people to visit their state capital. Even if you are going just to take the tour and have somebody walk you around and point out all the like old pictures and be like, this guy did this thing and this guy did that Mm -hmm. thing. It's always guys because... (laughs) You know. At ours, they pointed out the six different flags over Texas. Yes. We weren't 
at Magic Mountain at the time. This was actually at the state capitol. Yes. So like they'll point out interesting things and it's just, it's a good way to get a little more comfortable with being there and kind of familiar with where things are and how you maneuver your way around and maybe learn a little bit of history that you didn't know, remembering that it's probably pretty sanitized history. I bet. But I would just, I would recommend that everybody go visit their state capitol because then later when there's some kind of public hearing about how they're, you know, taking away all mention of, of black people and Hispanic people in history books that you might want to go have something to say about, you've been there before, you know, like where to park and, yeah. you know, what door to walk in and all that stuff. Makes it easier. And you've had an enriching cultural experience. Exactly. I mean, semi-enriching. Semi-enriching. But you probably get to go out to lunch, too, It's and you're out in the sun. It's just good for you. You make a day of it. Yeah. And the food down in Austin is great, so, you know. Yeah. True story. Only works if you're from Texas, but still. True story. All right. So that's, that's my hot political tip for the day. Visit your state capitol. Get comfortable in your state's seat of government because you belong there just as much as anyone else does. Yeah, you. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. That would have been fun. (laughs) Yeah, see?